What's up, everybody? Welcome to Relatably Fit, the podcast where we share relatable ways to get fit, stay fit, and have a life no matter who you are. We're your hosts, Brandon and Tiana, your resident NYC coaches, passionate about all things movement. Today's guest is Haley, a registered dietitian who specializes in women's health and metabolism. Welcome to the podcast, Haley. <laughs> what what an intro. I know. I know. Thanks I know. for that. <laughs> no problem. You deserve it. Well, you yeah, deserve it. Your I'm... gram, well curated. You have a well very well curated gram. You've clearly spent time and attention putting it together. I yeah. enjoy the creative process. Yes, actually, you've inspired us to get a little bit more into reels because, you know, when Instagram switched over to the whole reel thing, the algorithm. we were a little bit delayed and we would do it sporadically. But then I would watch mm-hmm. your reels. I'm like, you know what? I think we should do this. She looks like she's doing it well, having a good time. Let's, let's try it out. It's fun. <laughs> well, thanks. That means a lot. I have fun putting them together. Yeah, it's a good time. So for our listeners, I um, know Haley back from like middle school and high school back in California. We were dancers together. Um, Her mom owned the studio that I went to, actually. And uh, so we grew up dancing together and haven't really talked or touched base much since then. But, you know, we're both now in the health and wellness space. And so I thought it would be fun. through the power of social media. Oh, yeah. Through the power of social media, we've been able to kind of like stay up to date on each other's lives and all of that. So super excited to reconnect today and to hear a little bit about... You know, you and where you're at now, how did you get into nutrition and becoming a dietitian? Yeah, so, I mean, growing up, my mom definitely was interested in nutrition, so I feel like I had a strong foundation in my household, but I feel like dance definitely drove me down this path. Unfortunately, it came from a place of body image and disordered eating Mm -hmm. concerns, Mm -hmm. but always striving for that perfect ballet body. But I'm grateful for that now because I wouldn't be where I'm at with my practice and with the clients that I work with now without that. And so I was interested in it first to like learn more about how I could lose even more weight and how I could restrict more. But as I learned more and more, I started to recognize how powerful food truly can be. So Mm. much more passionate about it in a different way now. Right. Yeah. It's like the complete opposite of being like restrictive and disordered and now to this very balanced way of viewing food. Definitely. And then that's what I work with my clients on too. Like how can nutrition add to your life versus mm-hmm. what can we take away and how restrictive can we be? Right. What would you say? Do you have a general like philosophy surrounding nutrition? Like how, how do you view food? How do you view nutrition? What do you like pass on to your clients in that way? Yeah. So my like wellness, nutrition, fitness philosophy is that it really should add positivity to your life. It shouldn't be this added stressor. You shouldn't have this fear around food, which I understand comes from years of dieting. And then also people who struggle with like digestive issues, maybe autoimmune issues. Some fear is understandable, Mm -hmm. but like their symptoms are sparked by certain foods and things like that. But ultimately to get to a place where your nutrition and exercise truly adds energy and positivity to your life is the ultimate goal. I love that where it's like adding, not mm-hmm. taking away. It's yeah. like not taking away from your life. It's making it better. It's making it fuller. 
It's making it more like energetic rather than feeling adding that vibrancy. Yeah, it's like fueling you. It shouldn't be something that you're like stressed out about or you know just that you hate. You know, I just found that like for me, I never really thought of food as anything but fuel to run. Mm -hmm. Just like let me run. You know, as an athlete, I was like. Whatever carbs I need to put in my body in order to run, whatever protein I need to eat in order to like gain more muscle, like that, I don't want to hear anything outside of that. But then life happens, and you know, you're not a runner forever, you're not like dancing forever, you're not doing all these things forever, and you have to change the way you view everything, especially yeah. food. Your nutrition changes throughout your life, too. Different seasons of your life, you need, like, when you're very active, you're probably going to need more of those carbs if you're running a marathon. But if you're sitting at your desk job and maybe working out 30 minutes a day, that's going to be quite different, too. But right. I in there's so much more to life, and I recognize that food is fuel, for sure. And there's times when I'm just, like, throwing things together to get something in my stomach to get through the workday. But there's other times, like, I have appreciate good food. I love going out to eat, enjoying different types of foods, different cultural foods. Like it can be a real experience as well. Like Brandon and I think you come from a very different uh, perspective as compared to me and Haley. Like as a runner, it's like, how many carbs can I eat to like run as fast as possible? Whereas like from a dance background, we're like, how little can I eat so that I am like as skinny as possible? And like your view is probably healthier, Brandon, but I still have to work with Brandon actually to like actually enjoy food. Like I love when we travel, we will go to like nice places and like spend money really trying to like have good food. And he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is fine. Like he's still in in his mind. It's still just calories. And I'm like, do you understand what we're eating right now? Like this was curated by the chef. And and I think that like this is this is where the difference comes. Right. Like because for me, I was always like, just eat whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Right. And so I, I'm kind of nose blind to good Mm. food. Right. Cause I wasn't really looking for good. Like it just wasn't anything I was paying attention to. I was just like foods in front of you consume it so that you can do X, Y, and Z. Um, and I feel like maybe on, on another level, you guys appreciated food when you had it. If that the makes any sense. Do you know I mean like yeah. the little food you ate, you did appreciate. You appreciated were like, no, it and then... if, if I'm going to eat something, it needs to be something I really like. Yeah, if you appreciated it and then like sometimes felt like guilty after. Right. right. Yeah, anytime yeah. you appreciate anything, even if it was a still considered a healthy meal. But I could see where you're coming from, Brandon. Like when you have to eat such massive amounts of food, it can be really difficult to eat like good food all the time. It's really just like something high calorie easy to get down and to like not have eating become like a chore like i know a lot of like bodybuilders and athletes who are like no eating's like i have to eat all the time and it's the worst part of my day Mm -hmm. just having to like keep eating like hard-boiled eggs like just keep going and it's like yeah Yeah. that's not fun either yeah when i've been trying to when uh, in times when uh because i'm not naturally a bigger person like my body just kind of wants to be really runner slim i guess or whatever aren't Uh, you lucky (laughs) 
Brandon. Well, I'm talking to two dancers here. Get <laughs> out of here. I'm, I'm like, talking to two dancers. Get out of here. Yeah, but All like, right? I, I wouldn't say that my body naturally wants to be like super, super. Get out of here. Okay, runner, yeah, runner yeah, thin. Yeah, yeah, Tiana, it's real hard for you. Okay, it's real <laughs> difficult. You forget that you're talking to somebody who knows your workout schedule. Okay, <laughs> one of us, like I work out way harder. Not harder. That's not true. I, More that's often. Not true. That's a damn lie. I saw her face. Yeah, no. I saw her face. Let me correct. Give me a second. Okay, I go to the gym more than He's you. He's more do. consistent. I'm more consistent than you are. When I go, okay? I actually Brandon like push. fake you works out half the time. Yes, for sure. But I would not say that you're like it's real hard for you right now. I'm also not like runner lean though. This is the point. You're runner lean to me, baby. Oh, that's really nice. Anyway, let's get back to Haley. <laughs> Having our weird marital stat. Like, I definitely have a more muscular build, which is hard growing up in the dance world because that's not like now lifting weights and being in this world. I feel like I maybe fit in a little bit. I actually feel that, Haley, with you. I feel like we both, like, neither of us were like super tall, like, super, super naturally skinny. I feel like Mm -hmm. we both had like a little bit more thigh. Like, like, we are still thin, like Jesus, but like, Just not like stick, stick, stick. Whereas now I feel like it's beneficial. Like we can lift more weights and I feel like it's also like, not that this matters, but like culturally like more on trend to like Mm -hmm. be like strong and like have like a body. Um, But yeah, growing up in the dancer world, being like a little stockier was not the vibe. Yeah, I mean, especially in the ballet world, if you get into other types of dance, maybe more like the hip hop or even modern dance, I feel like to kind of fit in there more but now I really appreciate my strength and I'm grateful that I I can I am capable to lift a little bit more and yeah do something so so what does your um like your personal nutrition and workouts look like like how do you eat how do you move today well movement wise I have actually gotten back into ballet a little bit so that's been fun it's really interesting now because I had such a shift in my mindset about my body and how I'm feeling it like my taking the class is a totally different experience now because I'm focused on like actually improving my technique a lot like oh my gosh this role is moving over my tights or you know so it's a totally right. different experience and it's been a lot of fun and so I'm doing classes about twice a week okay. and then otherwise I'm going to the gym I love getting out for walks, going on hikes when I can with my dogs, and then um, doing a lot of strength training too. So mm-hmm. finding a mix there. I've gone. I've done a lot of different things with my movement. I've done jujitsu. That was really fun. I love that that was both mentally and physically challenging mm-hmm. because I feel like I need that distraction when I'm working out. Otherwise, I'm like, all right, I'm done. You like this? You like this is hard. It's over now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whereas dance, like you're so focused on say the combination or something, you forget how much it hurts. Right. You t- it takes your mind off of it. I'm sure it's kind of healing to go back to ballet too now. Like as an adult, that's done so much work. Like to get out of that disordered space, that it's probably mm-hmm. going back to dance with a different mindset. I can imagine it's very healing. It has been. And it was interesting for me, too, because I actually went to a ballet festival with my mom's ballet company. And I was an understudy, so that's kind of what got me back into it. But it was really interesting being immersed in that world again because I had separated myself so much. And Mm -hmm. I forgot about a lot of the struggles that those dancers go through and so just yeah. hearing some of the comments even from the the teachers and the grown women still struggling with body image issues it made me appreciate how far I've come but also recognize there's so much more work to do and yeah to help. absolutely and we, what about your nutrition what how what's like a typical day of like eating look like for you 
Yeah, it's it's pretty easy going. Honestly, I've done all the diets in the world, and now I've settled on a place where I I can eat the foods that I want. But I would say I'm mostly a three meals a day kind of person. Usually an afternoon snack. I love my coffee, so coffee with my breakfast in the morning. Really, just balance getting my protein, carbs, and some healthy fats at most meals.、Um, getting those veggies in. So. Honestly, some days it's like going out to eat a little bit more and indulging in those foods, and just like we were talking about, really appreciating、yeah. the effort that the chef put into it. And other days, maybe I'm a little bit more like Brandon, where it's just like, what's in the fridge? What can I throw together, even if it makes absolutely no sense? I just need、right. something. Yeah, balance, balance. <laughs> But I, I guess that's why I wanted to bring you on the podcast too, is because it's very clear that your motto is like. All things fit. Like、yeah. mm-hmm. there's there's space for everything. There's no there's no food that can't belong in the space.、Um, basically, I mean you know your body and you know some people have allergies or things that flare、yeah. up or whatever. But I love that it's this. Your mindset is very sustainable and accessible to a lot of people.、Um, but who do you like, who do you mainly help? Like who is your clientele and what do you offer? Yeah, so I mainly work with women at this point, and working with women who have struggled with their weight for years, or have been on and off diet for years, and maybe it was really easy when they were younger to lose weight, but now as they've gotten older, things shift, life happens, and it can be a little bit more challenging. Plus, the years of dieting have potentially done some damage to their metabolism.、Mm-hmm. So I work with women who want to lose weight. They're struggling with energy. Like no matter how much sleep they get, they're just like. Not functional during the day without their coffee, and I also work a lot with insulin resistance. So I do see a lot of women with pre-diabetes, even working with people with diabetes, and helping them to reduce how much medication they need, or even prevent further progression of the disease. Wow! Yeah, that is great. <laughs> like I'm like I, I don't even know what to say to follow that. I'm like that's awesome.、Um, so what are Primary things. So you said when people want to lose weight, they lack、mm-hmm. energy.、Um, what are common symptoms that you see a lot of your clients presenting? I would say the energy.、Mm-hmm. So especially like, I mean, some people it's all day, literally just kind of moseying through the day. They don't feel like they have that same energy they used to, and cravings is a big one too.、Mm-hmm. So those afternoon, evening cravings. A lot of people. I wouldn't say this is necessarily a physical symptom, but mental too is just like that restrict and binge cycle.、Mm-hmm. So that influences how they're feeling physically as well, because they might be on this diet where they're eating very little and they feel、right. great for a minute, and then once it catches up to them and their body's not getting the fuel it needs, they feel exhausted again, and then go back to potentially binging and maybe going back to old habits, and then they feel sluggish and. Guilty again, so it's、right. all interwoven for sure. But energy is a big one. Cravings,、um, a lot of other hormonal symptoms as well.、Mm-hmm. You mentioned people who diet, who have dieted a lot throughout their life, like wreaking havoc on their metabolism. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like, yeah, definitely. How does that wreak havoc on someone's metabolism? So I think starvation mode is something I used to believe, and I think it's still out there a little bit. And、mm-hmm. while It's it's not real. Like starvation mode isn't necessarily a real thing, 
metabolic adaptation is. So if we go years of restricting calories, not even years, for some people it's it's months of going into this calorie deficit, trying to lose weight. And if you're not approaching it in the appropriate way, your body is going to adapt. It ultimately wants to keep you alive, wants to keep you functioning. So what it's going to do is be like, oh, we don't have enough energy here, so let's adapt. We'll run on a little bit less. And so what can happen is your metabolic rate, like even sitting around doing nothing, how much calorie or how many calories you burn is going to decrease, making mm. it harder and harder to lose weight. And ultimately, for some people, even eating the same amount, they'll start to gain weight. And so that can be really frustrating for people because they're like, I have literally changed nothing and I'm gaining weight or I eat like a bird and I can't lose weight. And so that then has this downstream effect of impacting your hormones and impacting the energy, making it harder to even do the things you need to adjust your, your diet. So it really does have that downstream effect. So I would say that's the main one is just calorie restriction, if you're dieting and your weight's fluctuating, that can increase your risk of insulin resistance and other conditions as well. And then also when you're dieting, a lot of times you're not getting those nutrient dense foods. Like you're missing those healthy fats. You're not getting enough protein and you're probably getting some uh, nutrient deficiencies. So leading to um, mineral imbalances, vitamin deficiencies and things like that will mean right. that your metabolism is not functioning optimally either right so like it's wow. it's fine to be in like a moderate calorie deficit to lose weight that is the only yeah. way to lose weight but it's like when people go into that super strict mode where they're dropping it so low yeah. then it's like your like your metabolism is like oh that's all we need to burn now great i'm gonna drop it down and then you're like your metabolism is lower it's slower yeah and as soon as that diet ends you're just like back where you started and most people gain even more weight back and that right. like how frustrating is that after you put in so much time and effort into making the changes and it's just making it harder and harder on yourself so how, how do people fix that how do you go about fixing those things if the body i'm assuming if the body adapts one way it can adapt the other way depending on the individual and time yeah. and all that yeah, good news for Fingers sure. Fingers crossed. <laughs> your body is adaptable. So it's a negative in one way, but positive in the other. I saw the sure. smile on Haley's eyes. She's like, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, it can definitely do I was like, wait, but we can go back, right? Like, it's not a permanent yeah. damage? Like, I will say, no, it's not permanent, but depending on how long someone has been doing this yo-yo dieting, I think there is a degree of how far we could get it back. Right. There is sometimes some damage that can't be completely undone, but the good news is, for the most part, it is you are able to repair that metabolic health, for sure. Like, we see that with like diabetes too that's metabolic damage there right your body's not responding to the hormone insulin properly so the adjustments needed there like adjusting how much carb you're eating what type of carbs you're eating your types of exercise building that muscle mass all those things are helpful to get those cells back to a place where they are responding to that insulin they are sensitive so similar with just overall calorie burn is working on one eating enough and slowly working back up to more of a maintenance phase and getting your body to where it feels safe again. Mm -hmm. So we have to work our way back. You have to earn 
I, I like to say you have to earn the right to lose weight and to diet mm. because if we've been abusing our body for years, it's not going to want to let go of that excess weight. That's our safety blanket. It wants to have those fuel reserves. And so we need to work on maintaining that, building up some muscle mass. That's going to help boost your metabolism. The more muscle you have, the more calories you're burning. I'm sure you guys talk about that all the time. Snaps. <laughs> Snaps. <laughs> male and yeah. female for men and women you know exactly on yeah. both ends Absolutely. Both well I mean I feel like you probably meet so much I can imagine like some clients probably really struggle with like and have resistance towards that idea of like if they've been in extreme calorie deficit for so long getting them to not only eat more but to like eat in maintenance like which is probably substantially more for them and yeah. being like no no this is necessary and part of the process before we can like drop you into like a moderate deficit again how do you coach clients through that like that resistance like how is there yeah that's got to be a big moment yeah that's definitely challenging. you like, that's everyone, the whole job. <laughs> yeah, everyone responds differently too. Like some women come to me and they're like, I am just done. I'm ready to listen to whatever you tell me and just go for it. They're like, I'm okay with eating a little bit more. I mean, one, who doesn't want to eat more too? Like yeah. to be able to enjoy your food again, like that would be awesome. But other women come to me and I completely understand this. They're like, that. That literally makes no sense that I came to you for weight loss and you're telling me to eat more. Like, hmm. so describing, like definitely working through the mindset shifts, ditching that all or nothing mindset, like that's a huge component, but also developing that like understanding of science and what's going on. I think so often we're just told what to do, especially with like diets and stuff. It's like, oh, you have to do this, but no one understands the true why behind it. And I think we're so disconnected from our body and what's going on internally. I think that's really important for especially women to understand like what's going on and how are your habits impacting that for better or for worse. Yeah. I think being able to like coach your clients into like, not just saying eat this, eat that, or do this exercise or do this one, but like the why behind it. Like Mm -hmm. if someone understands why they're eating more, then they'll be like, okay, it's part of the process to get me where I need to get. Um, I mean, I had a client this morning who she was having to do an exercise that she hates. And she's like, okay, why am I doing this? I need to know why. Otherwise, I'm not. I'm like, great. So it's going to help strengthen your, your lower back so you have less lower back pain. And she's like, cool, I'm in. But she needed the reason to buy yeah. in to this yeah. thing that she hates. And I'm sure it's the same with you. And that's a sign of a good coach and a, someone who can explain the why to their clients. And that's so empowering, too, to understand why. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because you're not just blindly following something, listening to someone. Like, if you have a good coach, sometimes it's easy to just be like, okay, hey, they know what they're talking about. I'm going to do what they say. Right. Right. But it can be extremely empowering because ultimately, I mean, it's in the nutrition field, my goal is for you not to have to rely on me forever. Mm-hmm. I want you to get to a place where you're confident in your nutrition to adjust things when you need on your own and get to that place where you feel com- confident with your mindset that you're not having to rely on someone all the time. Right. Are there any foods or things that you that do fire up the metabolism, like specific foods, or is it really just about eating a little bit more and then slowly going back down again? Love that question. Because <laughs> the internet will a, make... Do you have a... Spe- like, tell us. <laughs> this is, this is going to be the headline for the podcast. Do you mean Haley's Superfruit 
to jumpstart yes. your metabolism. Uh, Start from there. Go. Clickbait. Clickbait. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had that clickbait. I don't know. Maybe I need to start working in my garden, find yeah. something, create some special fruit or something like That's that. It. Skin of tomato. Yeah. Skin yeah, of tomato. <laughs> so easy to grow in your backyard. Only the skin, though. Only not the, the skin. Actual... Only yeah. the skin. You can never eat the fruit part or the seeds. That's no. going to do the opposite. No. That's because I know, Because I know we all see the things on Instagram and Facebook that it's like, eat this to burn more fat or eat this to rev your metabolism, oh and it's pretty much all garbage. But since we have an yes. expert here with us, <laughs> is there any food that you that, that does that? Or is it just... All I mean, I will say there is some research that there's foods that do it temporarily, but like very temporarily. Like you have to put in the work if you want to see those long-term results. That's not what I wanted to hear. Buzzkill <laughs> Besides those tomato skins, right? <laughs> Besides right, that's it. That's our it. new secret food we're coming away with this out of this. This is a great time for us to tell you and t- uh, tell everybody about a new venture Tiana and I are yeah. taking on. Check out our website, <laughs> links to tomato skins. So, out of curiosity, what are those foods that temporarily do it? Well, it's things like spicy chili peppers and oh, no, green tea, things like that. And again, it's very temporary, like right after you eat them. It's nothing oh. that's going to be long term. The so, things that so no cookies. It's not cookies. <laughs> No, I mean, maybe with your tomato skin venture, you could put together some sort and, of cookie, uh, too. And jalapeno cookies. Yeah. Oh, jalapeno okay. protein okay. cookies. That could, look at that, you guys. We're already coming up with the idea <laughs> right now. Jalapeno protein cookies. That sounds We are going to be billionaires. We're going to be really rich after this. I'm excited I'm for, it. for it. <laughs> um, okay, so how do you typically advise clients to eat when they are trying to heal their metabolism? We know that you're upping their calories a little bit, making their bodies feel safe. Um, are there any foods that people should avoid or put like what, what do most people need more of in their diet or less of in their diet when they're trying to heal their metabolism? I find that most of the women I work with are significantly under eating protein. Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing we work on and Honestly, they find challenging to get up to the protein recommendations I have them at. I think they it's a mindset issue for one. They feel like they don't need that much protein mm-hmm. or it, I mean, it's a filling food too, right? Filling food group. So it can be right. a challenge to get that much, but there's so many benefits to getting adequate protein. I mean, one, building the muscle. Two, that is actually a food group that can boost your metabolism a little bit because it takes Mm -hmm. more energy to break that down than Mm. other food groups. And then for your hormones too. So supporting your hormone health, your liver health, you need enough protein for that as well. So it's not that I give people like, like we talked about earlier, I'm definitely not handing out a list of things you need to avoid, like cut these things out. We work together to build these habits and find what's going to work best for people with their preferences, their background, Mm -hmm. if they have food sensitivities. But across the board, the biggest thing we work on is balancing your blood sugar because stable blood sugar is foundational, whether you have insulin resistance, prediabetes, diabetes, anything like that or not. It's so crucial for so many aspects of our health. And is is stabilizing blood sugar a, is it different for every person that you work with or are there pretty consistent ways to stabilize blood sugar for most people? Both. I mean, there are, there are 
general recommendations as far as like avoiding just eating your carbs alone. Unless mm-hmm. you're like Brandon and going out for a long run, you're going to want those carbs immediately. But for most people, making sure you're balancing your carbs or pairing your carbs with some protein and or fat, choosing those higher fiber carbohydrates most of the time, uh, more nutrient dense carbohydrates, those are going to be the general rule of thumb. But depending on your background, your genetics, your lifestyle, you can, some people tolerate a lot more carbohydrate. Some people mm-hmm. are a lot more sensitive to it and we need to adjust. And so I work with my clients to find that carb tolerance and what works best for them. So it's like not just having like a bagel on its own, but if you're going to have mm-hmm. a bagel, do it like a bagel with locks or avocado, like something to pair the carb with for most people. Yeah. Or some eggs or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and what, what are some like, just cause um, how would someone know if they're kind of like carb resistant? Like how would they, how do you know that? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, if you have been diagnosed with insulin resistance, prediabetes or diabetes, that does, that's our main indicator that there is something going on. Your body's not able to break down the carbohydrates as efficiently, but some other signs too would be that fatigue. Oftentimes when people are are chronically fatigued, there's some blood sugar issues going on there. If you notice that your energy drops after a meal, that can be a sign as well. Like for Mm -hmm. some people, they're finding like, I need to take a nap after my meals. And ideally your food should be energizing. Mm -hmm. So if you're finding that happens quite often, then maybe it's what you're eating, one. But two, oftentimes that means that there is some issues with the digestion and how your body's responding to it. Like when people talk about like the itis. I was going to say that happens to me after Thanksgiving. I mean, I think Thanksgiving is maybe a special. Yeah. (laughs) But is that that kind of the feeling? You know, like if if I were to eat a Thanksgiving meal regularly, I'm sure I would always need to take a nap. Yeah. I think Thanksgiving, the amount matters too. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's more about the amount at Thanksgiving. That's what it is. Yeah, and I mean, that like, plays a, that's a factor too. But oftentimes, like, say we have that bagel, maybe you feel great for uh, like 20 minutes or so, and then your energy crashes, or you notice like you're getting hangry soon after a meal. That's an indicator that you've had a blood sugar swing. Maybe it spiked and then it's dropping quickly. And I often see that in the afternoon too. People have like not eaten enough all day, and maybe they had like their sugary coffee in the afternoon. So the, by the time they get home at like five o'clock, they, they can't wait till dinner. Like, the bag of chips is calling their name. Right. Right. No, yeah. The, <laughs> excuse me. The, the protein thing you mentioned, too, is, like, something that I see a lot in our clients also. I'm always telling people that they need to be eating more protein, um, even if – people be like, well, like, I'm – not losing weight because I, I, but I'm already eating like a super low amount. Like, but I'm like, you probably need more calories and you pretty always need more protein. Like everybody needs more protein. And it's, it's a funny, like hard thing to coach people on, like the need to eat more of something specifically more protein. Uh, for most women, I think is a hard thing to teach them to eat more of. Yeah. yeah. And we especially never if you eat more protein. No, <laughs> especially if you come from a world of dieting too, that's not talked about. It's, it's, calories is the main thing which like we've talked about that does matter but the macronutrients and what makes up those calories is going to make a bigger impact on your overall health and body composition which is honestly what we're looking for for sure can you speak a little bit more you've brought up hormones a few different times um 
what do you, yeah, how do you work with, this is something that we actually don't know much about. How do you work with people's hormones? What hormones are you trying to influence or work with? Um, I know you do a lot with like PCOS, I believe as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you just speak a little bit to that realm? Yeah, well, I think when we hear the word hormones, often we just think our sex hormones like testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. And those are something I do work with, especially with women who, with PCOS, who struggle with some of those imbalances. But we also need to think about insulin. Like I mentioned earlier, that's Mm -hmm. a hormone. Our appetite hormones, our hunger hormones. So those can be off in a lot of people as well in relation to history of dieting that can totally throw off your hunger signals. And then another big piece too is our thyroid. Mm -hmm. So really across the board, it's all going to impact how your body is functioning. So I would say insulin is probably the top one I work with. Thyroid is another big thing because it's a foundational piece that impacts our metabolic health. So our our thyroid is kind of like the thing that runs our metabolism and how quickly it's functioning, how, how well it's functioning. So we take a deep dive into that. And I do lab tests with a lot of my clients too, to kind of take a peek under the hood and see what's going on rather mm-hmm. than just guessing. So along with the coaching piece, getting a clear picture of what's going on and where we need to focus. That's really important. I mean, I have yeah. a few clients actually I'm thinking of that I've told them multiple times that they should probably go get some lab work done and really mm-hmm. see what's happening. And I'm like, you know, it's better to have answers and to know what we're working with and what needs to be done rather than like theorizing and coming up with ideas of what it could be. It's like getting answers can be scary, but it's also there's there's freedom and power in that as well, because even if it's something that it's bad and you don't want to hear, it's like once you have the answers, you can actually start taking the steps to fixing the issue. Exactly. And it can be scary to truly know what's going on, but it can also be really validating because if you've struggled with that fatigue or feel like you've done everything and you still aren't seeing results, getting lab work that tells you like what's going on can validate how you're feeling and make you realize it's not all in your head. But then it, like you said, it also gives you the answers to know what direction you need to go to actually fix it. Right. So it's like, don't avoid getting getting to the bottom mm-hmm. of what's happening. Like, lean in, get yeah. answers. I- ignorance is in bliss. Exactly. No. And for prevention, too, right? So many of us wait until something's wrong to work on something. But I'm sure you have plenty of clients that are very health conscious. So making mm-hmm. sure you're getting labs regularly so you can catch something early and address it before it gets worse. Absolutely. Yeah. For people who don't have you know, issues losing weight or any visible signs of hormonal imbalances. Is there anything that people can do preventatively, like on a daily basis, other than like, you know, getting lab work done, but like just preventative stuff in terms of eating and moving that can help avoid any issues in the future? Yeah, definitely. Really everything we've talked about that Mm -hmm. goes along with the healing process are things that you can do to prevent any issues arising. And so balancing your blood sugar, like I said, is foundational. That's good for everyone, no matter if you have genetic predisposition to diabetes or not. And we're seeing a lot more of that in the wellness world and a lot more research talking about that. I mean, we're seeing continuous glucose monitors coming out on the market. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you guys are familiar Mm -hmm. with those or not. People kind of biohacking with their blood sugar, but Mm -hmm. you don't need all those fancy things. You can just 
like like we talked about, work on balancing your meals and that's going to make a big difference. Getting movement in. It doesn't have to be crazy hit workouts all the time or anything like that. In fact, I, I don't recommend hit workouts all day, every day. Right, no. Just getting up and moving away from our desk, getting out for a five to 10 minute walk, like simple things like that really add up to make a big difference. And then the other thing I see is sleep. So many people are sacrificing their sleep. And I I know I'm totally guilty of this on occasion, but making sure that you're getting adequate sleep. I'd much rather my clients get a full eight hours of sleep than get up for that early morning workout. Yeah. I've talked to people this before too, where it's hard because you want to squeeze in those workouts. Mm -hmm. But if you're getting up after five hours of sleep to work out. It's like at yeah. that point, what's more important getting an extra couple hours of sleep in or the workout. And it can be kind of a toss up, but I, I feel like sleep wins yeah. out. And as a personal trainer, I feel weird saying that, but I'm like, yeah, sleep <laughs> yes, kind of, I mean, cause you can't get all the benefits of a workout. If you're exhausted, you know, you're not going to work exactly. out as hard if you're tired. And if you're not sleeping after a workout, like at the end of the day, you're also not going to, your body's not going to be able to repair its muscle and to get all the benefits of the workout anyways. Right. Exactly. And that lack of sleep can also increase risk of insulin resistance. And that can also throw off your appetite hormones and everything as well. So, I mean, if if that's on occasion, you maybe work out on a lower amount of sleep every once in a while, that's sure. not going to do huge damage or anything. But if it's a consistent thing day in and day out where you're only getting five hours of sleep and then trying to push yourself really hard in the gym, that can really overflow that stress bucket. Yeah, it's not going to it's not going to be good long term. What yeah. about uh, six and a half hours? Of, uh, <laughs> That's probably where sleep. I average. I'm asking so. for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> You've been not getting more ideal, sleep. but not the worst. Yeah. Okay, not the worst. Good. You've been good. getting more sleep. I feel like we've been going to bed really early recently, yeah. and it's been magical. Yeah, it makes a big difference oh. for sure. Honestly, anybody out there listening, stop scrolling on your phone at like oh 10 o'clock at night. Just yeah. put it uh, no, down and go to You know what it is? Like, Honestly, is over the year of COVID, we, we were living with my parents and they're old. And so... <laughs> they would go to bed at like 7.30. 7.30, 8 o'clock, like the house would shut down and Tiana and I were like, well, I guess <laughs> we should go to bed too. And after a year of that, we're and like... And it was still dark outside. So we're like, well... Yeah, I yeah, guess it's time to, to sleep. Everyone else yeah. is asleep. Now we're, and now we're I mean, now we go to bed pattern. at like 9 or 10 usually. But yeah. but it's a struggle. Honestly, we have to kind of force ourselves. We have to put a movie on. And then we fall asleep. And then we fall asleep <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> fall asleep to, in the chair on the couch. Yeah, and then we have That's to carry ourselves That's what happened last night. We put on this movie and we I think we both kept falling asleep at different moments. And then finally we were like, let's just call it. That's it. But then I get in bed and like I, I always find myself just scrolling, scrolling, and mm-hmm. it's like, why? I'm not even doing it. I'm not answering an email. I'm not like making a post on Instagram. I'm just scrolling. Like, put the phone down and go to sleep. Like, you're just buying time from the next morning. It's not worth it's it. It's addicting, though. It is. I find myself doing the same thing. It is. It hits those like dopamine. Like, we get those like yeah. social media happy chemicals and it's like it's not it's, it's too not much good. and then you're but, yeah. scrolling through it's like oh 20 minutes have gone by maybe it's so easy for hours yeah, to pass really honestly simple. it's insane but any is there anything you would like to leave listeners with like if you could leave like one major if they've heard nothing else but this what would you want to leave people with 
Well, it's probably something you guys preach, honestly, is that consistency is the most important thing. And I'll take consistency, maybe like a B plus effort over perfection any day. Right. So that's what's really going to get you those results. I love it. Brandon also loves because Brandon always says he was a B plus student. He's like, I wasn't an A student, but I could give you a solid B plus. Solid B, solid B plus. I got you on that. In everything. There you go. I'm like across the board. Well, it's also, as you said, it's, it's better to consistently be a B mm-hmm. most days of the week rather than have like one or two A plus days where the rest is like nothing. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it's better just to kind of like ride that consistent train. Yeah. And yeah no one wants s- to be one of those gifted kids, you know? <laughs> And then you get to like high school and college and you're like, oh, there's others. Anyways, what were you going to say, Haley? You were going to say something. Oh, B for I, the win. I was just going to say, we probably see that a lot. Like during the week, you're really consistent with your diet. And then weekend, it's like go all out. But yeah. if right. you're at, you're finding that balance, like you could totally enjoy a cookie or ice cream during the week or maybe a drink during the week. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And on the right. weekend, go all out. You can find that balance. Absolutely. Now, Haley, real quick. Um because I always got to bring it to the fellas, okay? Um, with men, obviously all of all of this advice that you've been giving can be applied to men. I want people to know that as well. Um, what kind of struggles have you seen on men with some of this stuff? Yeah, I don't work a ton with men, but I would say all the blood sugar balancing is still just as important. But I have worked with a few guys who are also under eating. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the benefit you guys have is that your hormones aren't quite as sensitive, so you can put up with a little bit more. Um, I, I know, a little bit more abuse, I guess. So you got <laughs> no. that one going for you. <laughs> um, but in general, all the same things apply. Like make sure you're eating enough and in the right balance. Um, I know it can be hard to get an adequate amount, especially for people, men who are trying to maybe put on a little muscle mass or something like that. But all the same stuff still applies. Sleep yeah. is still important. Yep. And men can eat. So this is the main thing I see with when I, I train couples together sometimes too. And it's just like, it's so hard because men drop weight so much easier see results so much faster it's like whereas women just like it's just such a struggle Mm -hmm. and yeah men you can just say even when you're dieting can just eat substantially more you know it's just but it's still important to pay attention because at the end of the day it's like um we can deal with more abuse but once you cross that like that cliff that threshold thank you there we go there we go once you cross that threshold you're in problemsville the same way as anybody else right so you might not even know you're at that level and then it's a major issue yeah Yeah. there's one guy i remember working with who had a lot of things going on similar to i see with my my female clients, like he had been dieting for years. And at the point he came to me, he was dealing with digestive issues and couldn't lose the weight. He was eating, I mean, less than me. And I think I was like half his size and he was working out like twice a day. I was like, we need to work on getting your body the fuel. And that that was hard for him to wrap his mind around too. So I think it's important to recognize too that men also struggle with body image issues and Absolutely. can struggle with a lot of the same things. So it's not all on women. 
Absolutely. That's true. Thank you. Thank you for making space for us. <laughs> of course. You're so dumb. <laughs> but Haley, thank you so much for coming on. Tell people where they can... I mean, I'll share your Instagram and all of that in, in the notes for the, for the podcast. But where can people find you if people want to connect or have questions? Where can they find you? Yeah, Instagram is probably where I hang out the most. Maybe way too much time. But <laughs> finding me on Instagram is Keep just my name. Keep the reels coming. <laughs> I will. That's my plan to create some more today. There do like go. some batch content, you know. Okay, so Instagram, and I will link that for you um, in the notes. But definitely, listeners, check her out. She has a lot of great content and information. Um, I might even send a few clients your way. I have a few people that I think could benefit from a little bit. Awesome. Thanks. I did want to let you know, too, they can find it on Instagram. I'll put the link there. But I did just put put together a new resource. It's 12 simple shifts that you can work on today to start supporting your hormones and metabolism. So Mm. really those foundational things that we've talked about, plus a little bit more and just explaining why they actually matter. Okay. So is that like a link in bio situation on Instagram? Yeah, and then I could send you the link, too, if you want to include it in the podcast. Absolutely. Send that over to us for a friend, for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'll drop your IG and that uh, 12-step resource in the show notes. People definitely check it out. You know, we can all probably stand to benefit a little bit from from all of this. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to everybody for listening. Make sure to like and share and subscribe and come back next week for some more good stuff. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.